Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, my name is Mweketsi Mushlagwana. Um, I hope all of you are well and good at home. Um, amidst the crisis that we are faced with in our country and also globally. Um, it's a time of crisis and sadly, in the process, a lot of people have lost their lives. Um, the situation is very uh, desperate and devastating for most of us, for most if not all of us. But we thank God this morning that uh, much as we are in our homes, uh, we can continue uh, to be ministered to, we can continue uh, to receive the word of God and to obtain uh, encouragement and to obtain um, God's provision through his word. I'm just going to encourage you this morning, encourage you with the word of God, because I believe that even in the midst of such negativity, despair, even in the midst of um, a whole lot of things that are going wrong around us, um, we can be encouraged with the word of God, we can be uplifted, we can be revived with the word of God. I'm going to look at a text from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and look at how the Apostle Paul is encouraging us, admonishing us, and pointing us to a place of uh, seeking God through the means that he has put at our disposal. So our text for this morning is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to read from verse 16 um, to verse 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I'll read it again. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So this is the admonition of, of the Apostle Paul to the church in Thessalonica. And Paul is encouraging believers as he as he's about to close this letter or epistle that he had written to the believers in Thessalonica. So Paul says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, that is pray without stopping, continually pray or pray persistently, and give um, um, and give thanks in all circumstances, in all circumstances or in under all or in all occasions. And he says, this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to highlight just three basic Christian principles that we learn from this scripture, that we learn from the apostle himself for our own spiritual development and growth, for our own maturity in the Lord Jesus Christ. They are so basic that we can't live without them. They are so basic, the Bible calls them the will of God. In other words, you cannot live your life as a Christian without these things because God has declared them to be his will. In other words, those who apply these things, those who live um, by a life of prayerfulness, a life of gratitude, 
Those who pray without ceasing are said to be walking and living in the will of God. And so the first thing that Paul mentions here, he says, we must rejoice always. We must rejoice at all times. We must rejoice under all circumstances for that matter. So essentially, uh, one cannot live his life as a Christian apart from this principle. One cannot live as a Christian without being characterized by a life of joyfulness and joyfulness in the person of Jesus Christ. And Paul has said, this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. In other words, for those who are united with the Lord Jesus Christ, these are the things that we should see reflected in their own lives. They should be the people of joy. They should be the people who rejoice under all circumstances. So the word rejoice is derived from the word joy, to be joyful. It means to enjoy a state of happiness and well-being. It is used several times by the Apostle Paul. In fact, numerous times it is used. But we're just going to examine its usage in two texts that we find in Pauline letters. The first one is found in Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. We're just going to briefly go there and look at how the Apostle Paul uses this word, rejoice. Numerous, numerous times, as I said, has he used this word, this word, rejoice. But let's look at how he uses it. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, that is, the church. Now I rejoice in my suffering. Paul says he rejoices in his suffering. The two words are used in the same sentence. It's sort of an oxymoron. These are two concepts or ideas that are sort of opposed to each other. Paul puts joy in the same, uh, in the same line as sufferings. He says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, for the sake of believers. We know the Apostle Paul was chosen by God on his way to Damascus. He was a persecutor of the people of God. God, on his way to Damascus, revealed himself to the Apostle Paul and immediately was converted and he became a believer and he started preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, the one that he once opposed. So Paul says to the Colossians, he rejoices in his suffering. By the way, the Apostle Paul wrote this letter while he was in prison, being persecuted for the sake of proclaiming the good news. We can find a little bit of a background from Acts chapter 16, from verse 22, we're just going to look at a few verses in Acts chapter 16 from verse 22 and look at how the Apostle Paul was opposed, how the Apostle Paul was persecuted because he proclaimed Christ. Let's go just briefly 
in Acts chapter 16, verse 22 to verse 23, and we'll also highlight how God used the ministry of the Apostle Paul amidst sufferings, amidst persecution, in order to advance the gospel for the purposes of the glory of God. And we're going to find from just reading this text that someone else obtained eternal life amidst the sufferings or the persecution of the Apostle Paul. In Acts chapter 16, verse 22, the Bible says, the crowd joined in attacking them. That is Paul and, ben and Silas. And the magistrate tore the garments of them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when he, they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safe. So this was the life of the Apostle Paul. This was part of the ministry of the Apostle Paul. This was the experience of the Apostle Paul, though he was a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can see from this text that just like many other times where he came or came across unfortunate circumstances, even here we see the Apostle Paul being opposed. We see the Apostle Paul suffering for the sake of the gospel. But in the midst of that, we can equally see how God used that unfortunate situation in order to advance his purposes. Because we read from Acts from the very same chapter in, uh, in chapter 16 of Acts from verse 25, we see how God worked wonders and also how the ministry of, of the Apostle Paul resulted in the salvation of the Philippian jailer and his own family. In Acts chapter uh, 16, verse 25, the Bible reads, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sweat and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in and trembling with fear he fell down before Paul and Silas and he brought them out and said says what what must I do to be saved and they said believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved you and your household and they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds and he baptized at once and he was baptized at once he and all his family then he brought them up into his house and set 
and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he believed in God. That the suffering of the Apostle Paul, that the persecution of the Apostle Paul resulted in the salvation of the Philippian jailer and the rest of his household. God used that unfortunate situation. God used the, the sufferings of the Apostle Paul, the persecution of the Apostle Paul, in order to grant salvation to the Philippian jailer. Indeed, God works all things according to the counsel of his will, that amidst suffering, we can rejoice just like the Apostle Paul. When we go through various trials, just like James um, admonishes us, we should rejoice. We should not act like the world. When the world is in despair, is in hopelessness, when the world does not have any hope, we should know where our hope is. We should know that we have been given all things in the person of Jesus Christ. So Paul knew where his joy was coming from. It is the joy of the Lord that gives us strength. It is the joy of the Lord that strengthens us amidst um, unfortunate circumstances. Even amidst COVID-19, we ought to rejoice as believers because this joy has been given to us by the Holy Spirit, by the deposit of the Holy Spirit. This joy that we have, in fact, should characterize our own lives because it is the fruit of the Spirit. We are called to be a joyous people. We are called to rejoice in the Lord. We, we are called to rejoice not because circumstances are convenient or are agreeable. We are called to rejoice in the Lord who provides us with this eternal and spiritual joy. This joy cannot be taken away from us by circumstances. It is independent of circumstances. We, we can see how the Apostle Paul, uh, as he said in Colossians, I rejoice in my suffering. This joy that he refers to in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, verse 16, is the very joy that all believers are called to partake in. It is your joy in Christ Jesus. It is your joy because it is the will of God for you. It is your portion as a believer under the New Testament dispensation. And so, saints, we are called to rejoice in the Lord. We, we are called to be a joyous people. As we proclaim the gospel of Christ, and as we look for opportunities, just like the Apostle Paul, who was presented with an opportunity to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ whilst he was persecuted. I, I'm sure if you can picture the, the kind of life that the Apostle Paul lived as, as the one who proclaimed the gospel, I, I'm sure you, you can picture his experience as he was beaten. Uh, I'm sure you can sort of have an image of how um, under normal circumstances, humanly speaking, one will be destroyed and discouraged because they are being persecuted for the gospel's sake. But yet, we are called as believers to rejoice always. 
rejoice always. Interest, this word is, according to that point, he uses it with unfortunate circumstances. Again, we can look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6 from verse 8 to 9. The apostle Paul again uses this word and look at his revelation. Look at how he alludes to this word rejoice. In chapter 6 of 2 Corinthians from verse 8 to 9. Through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as imposters and yet are true, as unknown yet well known, as dying, behold, we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing. You see, the, the Apostle Paul is like, he's always using this word to allude to the continual experience of this joy. He, he says here, though he is sorrowful, yet rejoicing. And this is our portion in Christ as those who are filled by the Spirit of God to understand that as those who live under the new covenant, we have been united with Christ, in Christ, is to know that this joy is ours always, under all circumstances. And so Paul says, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. How dichotomous, how contrary, uh, to, to experience the joy of the Lord amidst unfortunate circumstances. To experience the joy of the Lord amidst pain and suffering. And so, saints, we are called to experience this joy at all times. And to never let any situation to strip you off of the joy of the Lord. We are called to experience God's joy because we know that the Lord's joy is our strength in Christ Jesus. And so, as Christians, just like Paul, we ought to be found in a state of joyfulness as we serve God, as we proclaim the gospel, as we become of mutual benefit to other believers. We, we ought, we, we are, <clears throat> ought, our lives ought to be such that we are a people that are characterized by the joy of the Lord because we know it is our strength. It is the joy of the Lord that grants us potency, strength, power amidst opposition and afflictions. So Paul admonishes us. He encourages us that under all circumstances, in all occasions, we ought to rejoice. Rejoice always. And the second thing that we are called to experience as believers, th these things are basic to our Christian walk. This, these things are basic to our spiritual experience as Christians. And, and so God has also called us to pray without ceasing. By the way, these letters, as I said, they were written to believers in Thessalonica. So all believers in Thessalonica are called to experience this. We're called to experience this. 
Much the same, even in our day, we are all called to experience this. We are called to pray without ceasing, to continually pray, to persistently pray, to be consistent in our communication, in our speaking with God. That, that's our calling. This is not for certain individuals in the life of the church. This is not for a certain group of people in the life of the church. It's unfortunate that uh, there are ideas that are not compatible with the scriptural teaching that people often think that when we say intercession uh, to come to supplicate for the saints, it's only a calling for a, a few selected individuals. Believers in Christ Jesus are called to pray without ceasing. We are called to pray persistently as believers. It is our call as believers, much so necessary even in our day, at this very moment of crisis, when we are faced with COVID, at this moment of hopelessness and despair, we are called to seek God and his kingdom and his righteousness, and we know that he shall add all other things that we need. Prayer is used by God as the means of grace. God does not need prayer. We are the ones that need prayer. We, we are the ones who are called to pray. And we should take as an example, not only the Apostle Paul's example, because we can see throughout his epistles how he was committed to praying for the saints, but we can take an example from the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who was a person of prayer. He is the perfect example of living a righteous life. And so we should learn from the master himself whom Paul imitated, that we should be a people that continually, persistently, constantly pray. And so Paul says we should pray without ceasing. We should pray without stopping. This is our admonition. This is our encouragement even today. First Thessalonians Chapter 5, verse 18, verse 17. Pray without ceasing. Pray without stopping. Prayer is about communication with God. It's about speaking with God. And God has called us, not only has called us, he commands us to pray. It's a Christian instruction. It's a biblical instruction. We are all instructed to pray. We are all commanded to pray. And so we should submit ourselves to the commandments of the Lord. More so, we should submit ourselves to prayer, to pray, to seek God's face. So Paul himself was a person of prayer. He showed reliance and dependence on God. The reason his ministry was so fruitful the reason his ministry was so powerful and dynamic, we saw in Acts chapter 16, how God miraculously opened prison and they went out with Silas because they were people who were characterized by speaking and communicating with God. They sang hymns to the Lord. That's the character of a worshiper of God. Remember John chapter 4, verse 24, we are called to be 
true worshippers of God. We are called to be those who show that we worship God in truth and in spirit. And we cannot do so unless we pray. There's no worship without prayer. Worship is not in any way anything less than prayerfulness. And Paul says we must pray without ceasing. I, I hope as you are in your home, you have not ceased to pray. I hope that um, you are seeking God's face, not only because you are experiencing unfortunate circumstances. This is a call to pray at all times. That even when we encounter unfortunate circumstances, when we experience opposition, when we go through things that discourage us, our souls, our spirit can be uplifted because we are a praying people. We ought to pray always. This is our call. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus. This is the will of God for all believers in the person of Jesus Christ. As long as you are the one who's the Lord's disciple, you are called to pray and to pray without ceasing. So in almost all his letters, the Apostle Paul alludes to his commitment to prayer. In this very uh, book, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2, we can see the commitment of the Apostle Paul to prayer. That's why he was a spiritually fruitful person. That's why God dynamically used him. That's why his ministry was of impact. If we want your calling and ministry to be fruitful and impact, learn from those who have walked this path. Learn from those who supernaturally experienced God. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2, the Bible says, we give thanks to God always. Same terminology as chapter 5 from verse 16. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers constantly, persistently, continually making mention of you in our prayers. Because it is through prayer where we pray for other people. It is through prayer where we pray for the breakthrough of other people. It is through prayer that we are able to make known our request to God such that we are not overwhelmed by anxiety even amidst COVID-19. This is the experience of a believer in Christ Jesus. If we, we want, not necessarily not to be affected by COVID-19, but to experience, to simultaneously experience the joy of the Lord, to be strengthened amidst things that are so discouraging, we ought to always pray. We, always, we ought to always be a people of prayer. It's a call to us as the church to see God, to see God at this very moment. It's a call to all of us to know that God has called all of us to pray, to seek his face. 
So prayerfulness is something that should characterize all believers. And so Paul says, we give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. Paul was committed to pray for the people whom he preached to. Paul was committed to pray for the churches that he had planted. Paul was committed to preach to the saints uh, across all the regions where he had um, a missionary journey and planted churches. And so we ought to learn from God if we are to be fruitful as the church, if we are to progress, if we are to make an impact, if we are to touch other people's lives, we must allow God to first work in us. And God does that best when we pray. If you want God to work in you, to work in your life, you must be a person of prayer. You must be a person that intercedes, that pray to God, that communicates with the Lord. And, and this is our encouragement. This is our experience in the person of Jesus Christ. So the Lord Jesus himself, again, as I said, the, even the Lord Jesus himself taught his disciples through the parable of a persistent widow that they ought always to pray and not give up. They ought always to pray. That door to pray is always open and it's a call for everyone to come and pray. We ought always, we ought continually to pray, to pray without ceasing. So the same terminology, this is the same terminology. Jesus used it, the Apostle Paul used it. It's applicable to us even to this day, a people of persistent prayer. To communicate with God without ceasing, constantly, always. The idea is clear. We are people who are supposed to be in communion, in fellowship with God through prayer. It's all, it's our calling. It's our ministry in Christ Jesus. And Paul again, as we examine this very letter and the very last chapter of the first epistle that was written to the church in Thessalonica, the next verse says, give thanks in all circumstances. Express gratitude under all circumstances, in all occasions. Isn't it interesting that the, the, what is communicated here is very clear. We ought to be living our lives continually in gratitude, in prayerfulness, in thankfulness. We ought to pray without ceasing. And verse 18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is profound. This is the will of God. Few times is that reference used explicitly, the will of God. If you want to discover, if you want to know the will of God for your life, you cannot do anything less than what is expressed so clearly in these verses that you have just read. And Paul the Apostle says, this is the will of God for you, for you. It's so personal, it's directed to you as an individual. Then it was directed to the believers in Thessalonica 
it was applicable to them, it was directed to them as an instruction, as an apostolic instruction. Even today, it's directed to us through this timeless, transcendent word of God. This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. You want to experience the will of God? You want to walk in the will of God? You want to know what the will of God looks like? Paul has just alluded to that in this very text that we have read. He says this is the will of God for those who are united, for those who are one with the Lord, for those who are joined with the Lord. Give thanks in all circumstances. We saw how the Apostle Paul said in Colossians chapter 1, verse 24, that he rejoices in his suffering. Even though he was at some point on the verge of dying, his life was at stake. His life was in danger. He was a person of continual rejoicing. He was a person filled with gratitude. He was a person of prayerfulness. He was a person of prayerfulness. So to give thanks means to express gratitude to God um, in all or under all circumstances. It's to show appreciation of all that God has done for you in Christ Jesus. Being thankful for God's grace, working out what is eternally good for you. That's the nature of thankfulness. That's the nature of gratitude, to be thankful for all that God has done for you in the person of Jesus Christ. Indeed, he has given, given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. And we have seen from where we read in Corinthians, though we have nothing, we have everything. That's the admonition of the Apostle Paul. That's his encouragement. So he says it's, it's about being thankful for God's grace, working out what is eternally and spiritually to our good, to our benefit. We are to express this gratitude under all circumstances. We must not allow any situation to take away what God has given us in the person of Jesus Christ. We're not to walk like the world, joyless world, but we are to walk as those who are filled by the Spirit of God, to be in step with the Spirit of God, and to understand that our lives... <clears throat> must be characterized by the very presence of the Spirit of God. God has called us to experience this gratitude and to express it even amidst things that are negative. And so Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances. Be grateful to God for what he has done for you. Be grateful for all the things that he has done for you. They, these are things that we cannot even begin to number. Numerous things that God has done for us. God has so blessed us as believers in Christ Jesus. We are a blessed people in Christ Jesus. We have been provided with everything. If he did not spare his only begotten son, but gave him up to us, how shall he not give us all things? We are blessed 
with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We have been given all things pertaining to life and godliness. We are not lacking in Christ Jesus. We ought to express gratitude because God has given us everything in Christ Jesus. This is the will of God. Will of God in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we are to show appreciation. We are to express gratitude at all times. So Paul is very consistent in what he's communicating to us. And he wants us as believers to experience these things. <clears throat> because all of us <clears throat> have been called to participate or to partake in these things. And in, as we have also read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2, Paul best exemplified this by expressing his gratitude to God for the work he was doing in the lives of believers in Thessalonica that is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 22. You can read it wherever you are. So this is equally true for also for the church in Ephesus because we read in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, Paul wants us to see how during his ministry as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, he was a person who was continually exp uh, experiencing this gratitude. And he wants us to express it because God has done a lot for us in the person of Jesus Christ. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, the Bible reads, giving thanks always for everything to God and the Father, God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always. Always expressing gratitude. Always being grateful to all that God has done. And he says, for everything to God. So we ought to thank God under all circumstances. For God desires us to express that gratitude. And the culmination of these principles, these basic principles, um, they culminate in the fact that this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. This is how Paul concludes this brief exhortation. This is how God wants us to understand that by living a life of prayerfulness, expressing gratitude, that God, this is God's desire for our own lives. So if we are to discover the will of God for our lives, we ought to walk in prayerfulness. If we are to experience God for our lives, we ought to be a people that are grateful. If we are to show that we indeed are filled with the presence of God, we ought to be a people that pray, that rejoice always, pray without ceasing, that give thanks under all circumstances, for this is the will of God for us in Christ Jesus. Saints, this is my encouragement to you this morning, that we are called by God 
not to slumber. We, we are called by God um, not to be as hopeless as the world, uh, not to display uh, joylessness as the world. Uh, we are called to, to pray, to seek God's face, even amidst this situation called COVID-19, that much as others have been directly affected by it, others have lost their loved ones, others at the moment are, are, are going through an experience where one of their loved ones is probably or in fact uh, affected, infected by this virus that we are called to the feet of Jesus Christ to seek God's face, to express our gratitude for God desires this for us, for all of us. And so this is not in any way anything less than the will of God. If you want to truly experience the will of God, you can't experience it without being a person of prayer without a person who expresses gratitude. So God is calling all of us to a place of joy, to a place of prayer, to a place where we are totally surrendered to the King himself, for that is his will in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen.